Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello there. Welcome to Healing from Harmony Hall. This is Frances Micklem and I have a great gift for you today because I'm going to speak to Lucinda Drayton who's provided a lot of the music and the wonderful meditations of last week and, and previous weeks as well. Thank you very much for talking to me this morning. Absolute treat to be here and uh, hear your concert last night. When did you arrive in Ireland? And um, just yesterday, in? just yesterday morning, early flew in um, from London, did the concert last night. But it's always fantastic to be back in Ireland. I always feel like I'm kind of coming home a bit. Slowly. Brilliant. And, and what is the connection? Because you're from Cornwall, mm. and that's same ancestors, is that what it is? Yeah, I think so, and uh, some kind of connection with the music, because um, when I started uh, making an album called Through These Eyes, which is very Celtic, okay. um, I remember sitting and listening to um, Davy Spillane play, and, and just being completely transported, so there's definitely a connection to that music, to, and, and specifically Irish yeah, uh, kind of tunes and melodies, and I saw Davies playing oh. in Dublin. Oh. It was absolutely magic. Yeah. I think he was part of Moving Hearts originally, but then right. he's the Ilian pipe player. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's very <clears> unbelievable. But it's it's funny because I mean I've been doing this show for maybe two months, so everyone will know your music mm. <laughs> big time. And and because my my idea is to. Uh, is to talk to people who have a, a peaceful vision. And uh, there's lots of people who who are, are seeing and talking kind of quite starkly about what's happening in the world. Mm. But that that isn't that's only past the way there as mm. far as I'm concerned. And what I've been enjoying is talking to people who can see what's happening but are but has to have a hopeful vision. Mm. And one thing you often talk about and a lot of your songs are about about coming back to peace. Mm-hmm. And another thing that uh, I think that's a great gift and one that you share in what you're doing. And the the other thing that came up last night that is very much in keeping with what I feel my purpose on the planet is, is to um, help people recognise the divine within themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, what stage did you rec- recognise those things or had that come into your journey? Well, I think it was always there. I was always a seeker of truth from being a very young child um, and went to a very religious phase when I was maybe 12, 13 and, and you know, was on my knees in church and very, very earnest, kind of, yeah. yeah, very earnest and sort of into the whole ritual thing and affected by the church, you know, the vibration of the church, which yeah. I think for me now I understand that that was hearkening back to some other births perhaps where I have done that in a very devotional way. 
Um, but then I went on a, a different kind of journey with um, an organization called the Brahma Kumaris, where I learned to meditate, a practice called Raja Yoga. And it really is just uh, focusing on I, the being of peace. Yeah. sitting inside the body, um, and that I am an eternal, divine being of peace. And so that was my daily meditation for, you know, well, it still is, 20 years. That so is that, you know, that, that was the focus, Om Shanti, I am peace, I am peace. Um, and different ways of coming back to that. And, and, and becoming do you start as, as peace, or is that a, a, the... That's like, like saying, I am love. It's, yes. it's a, it's a realisation rather yes. than that. it's yes. a realisation. So, it's, I mean, there was a, in Raj Yoga, there's a very definite um, description of the soul as a tiny point of consciousness sitting in the third eye position in the middle of the forehead. So the focus when, when we meditate is to go inside and visualise myself as that point and the idea is to move from body consciousness, being conscious of myself as a body, yes. to soul consciousness, where I'm constantly conscious of myself as an eternal being of light and peace and love and joy and power. Lovely. Mm. Yes, I've, I... That eternal self, and even the, the third eye... Is that, the third eye is something I'm only coming to um, explore more and more recently mm. and it's a, there's a lovely visual aspect for us mm. you know, to, to get little glimpses of something beyond the physical body or beyond the here and now or mm. well I think or what, what, what happened for me was I when I first started practicing this um, my mind wandered a bit and then as I gained more control control is the wrong word it implies force but as I gained more mastery over my own mind, then I was kind of given gifts of experiences, you know, yes. real deep experiences, which I think were to hook me in. Otherwise, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gone on the journey I went on because I was all a bit of a rock chick and out enjoying life and, and just getting involved in all sorts of things I probably shouldn't have. And um, I think I needed hooking in with the magic. Yes. And so I was very much given experiences of becoming completely bodiless, going beyond my body, yes. flying beyond my body, experiencing the divine, experiencing a very beautiful, loving relationship with God. I mean, for me, the word God is, is I've reclaimed that word for myself. And um, that never, it's changed as I've, as I've become more mature. It's as if in your childhood, you're given those experiences, and then and then one day, you know, it stops, and you have to learn to walk yourself, which means you have to take the reins of your own mind and practice in a different kind of way. It's not just like given to you, but but I think I was gifted with those experiences. Oh, that's lovely. What I want to do is, as we go along, I'd like to play songs.
saying there about self-mastery, part of the process of maturing is self-mastery. And, and I think that's one of the, the greatest gifts of all, uh, is, is that journey to confidence and trusting yourself that whatever is happening, you can stand by yourself yeah. and decide how much uh, attention you were going to give, for example, the drama that might be happening or unfolding, and be able to acknowledge in a compassionate way your your own grief or emotional yeah. experience, mm-hmm. but but not get lost in any of it. Yeah, and that's something I came to kind of the other way around, because I, I went on this very uh, esoteric journey, very nun kind of existence, very yogi life for many years, and right. then... Um, where? Yeah. And well, I was. I, I mean, I go to India every year. I was going to India, but I was living in Oxford, mm-hmm. five minutes from the retreat centre. So I was there every day, yeah. practicing every day. In the morning, there's a morning class at sort of six o'clock, and then mm-hmm. evening meditation at seven thirty, and vegetarian uh, diets, no alcohol, no drugs. You know, I was celibate for a long time. So I went on that very esoteric journey, but it's interesting what you were saying about acknowledging your own grief, your own emotional journey, because then all hell let loose in my life when I kind of said, right, come on, show me who I am. I want real truth here. I want, I want to go higher. Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> and then everything fell apart in my life, and I had to go and do some emotional work. And I'm, I'm still on that journey, and the two are coming together now. Yes the soul consciousness, the very spiritual work, but also then having to clean up, I suppose, karma I had unfinished and do that emotional work with somebody. Another teacher came into my life who was also a practicing Raja Yogi, but also a psychotherapist, but a very gifted one. And it was just incredible because now I had these two strands going together this the real light work the spiritual yes. work but also the heart work yes that is great and it's lovely to happen uh, upon mentors who can illuminate i mean i i'm a believer in uh, this idea of, of no more guru in as much as not not to give power away to anybody Absolutely. that i can fully appreciate the people who are bringing us as an advanced awareness to is that that everything, everybody you meet is reflecting back and saying things to you that you deeply know, yes. but hadn't been able to yes. draw out of yourself yet, in yes. a sense. So, and I think the the beautiful skill of this particular teacher is that he never told me; he waited for me to see it, yes. but he just held me there. No, just keep looking. Just no, keep just stay. It was yes. like he very cleverly held the space until I was ready to see my own stuff and that's a very different than somebody pointing it out to you or <laughs> telling you what to do very different mm. and possibly a good a different way than the sort of baptism of fire of being in a relationship where you're confronted with your stuff mm. and there's umpteen moments of risk where you could think it's somebody else's the other person yeah yeah so somebody who can hold a space free yeah without and and doesn't have an agenda. No. See, that's the other thing. I think it's, if they're very clean and very... and have done their own personal work, then there's no agenda. And, and, and then, you're, then you're just free-floating in your own world. 
not led by anybody. It's like, well, what do you want? Yes. Where are you going? What's your journey? What makes your heart sing? And you have to really do the work then to find that out because nobody's saying, oh, this is what you should be doing. They're saying, what do you want? What does your heart want? And it's an immense responsibility. But well, absolutely. For me, your CD, uh, The Letting Love In, mm-hmm. that's of the Simple Truth series, mm. um, has been totally... Uh, held that space for me, so I thank you for that. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, yeah and that was the, the simple truth series started when I was doing this emotional work because the clarity was coming on. Okay, basically, you were doing this work yourself and then sharing it through your music and your meditations as you went along, were you? So yes, I mean, I, I've all, I've been a meditation teacher for many years. I've been a musician for even longer, and then about two years ago, I trained as a as a counselor. Brilliant. Because I was finding myself in that role more and more, but I wanted to make sure that I was doing was the work I was doing was safe and well held. Because I think a lot of people come in from the spiritual angle, and sometimes people are unzipped too quickly, and then there's this fallout. and And I was seeing that around me, and I certainly didn't want to be one of those people. So I went and did the training so that things could be well held and, and safe because. You know, even in, in, in the short time I've been doing it, I realise some people are carrying some really deep stuff. And, you know, it has to be their pace. It, it, it can't be somebody else's pace. Yes. Because it can be quite dangerous, actually. Well, I mean, I do <coughs> feel that as well with the energy work. Yeah. That sometimes yes. you're kind of wielding a huge amount of power yeah. around. Mm. But I do also trust that things will happen at at the speed people are ready to let yeah. stuff go. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, there's one of the angel things I've read that says that uh, it, it will heal, things will heal as fast as you allow. Yes. So, I mean, I, I'm sometimes facilitating things and sometimes it's a roller coaster yeah. and sometimes it's nice and steady. But I think the whole in the space is extremely important. Mm. And you're saying that people come to you from far and wide. Yeah. Do you, do you put it down to anything in particular, the, the the sentiment or the the words or the tone of your voice, or is it just something that you, that your whole just you who you are that attracts? I just think it's my love for the divine, really. I mean, that's all I'm singing about. I'm just, I just, I mean, it's very real. I'm not. I think for years when I was much younger and I was in the pop world and trying to make it, you know, blah blah blah. I think I was trying to say what I thought people wanted to hear. And I remember very clearly one day just thinking, well, this is not getting me anywhere, so I might as well just do exactly what I want and be completely who I am. And that's when the music started to work. It became, because it's about authenticity, tell the truth. Now, people are always asking me for advice about, well, how do I get my music out there? And I just say, you have to deeply tell the truth. And that seems so simple, actually. But for me, it's like a real life journey to really be who I am and be totally authentic. As I found out, it's like an immense task. You know, Isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> it's so, you think it would be so simple, would just be who you are. Be yourself. No more time to waste, no more excuses, guys.
Going back to telling the truth, it was funny because um, my my dad said to me, um, Francie, home truths are never going to be a big seller. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's right. Yeah. You know, most people say they want honest relationships, but then they but they don't really. Yeah. They don't, which is why, you know, I think true friends who want to go on that honest journey are few. You know, you might have two or three. Yes. And that's it. And is that because it's just too uncomfortable? Yeah. It's deeply uncomfortable. (laughs) Deeply, deeply uncomfortable. And sometimes terrifying. Yes. But at the same time, to make some sort of agreement to to not go there forever, it seems, I can't imagine that being an appealing uh, but most idea. people, that's how most people live. Mm. I think, I think it's cha- maybe it's changing, I don't know, or maybe it's just that you hang out with more people who are doing it, and okay. I do, because it's kind of our world. Yeah, I think, I think most people are just playing the game. And 
Somebody That's said to me once, oh, uh, quietly suffering. Yes. Quietly suffering or, or, or just going around with various masks on. Oh, I'll be this, and, or I'll be this today. Or I love that. I think it's quietly suffering. It's from uh, Pink Floyd. Quietly suffering is the English way. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? But it is. But, yes. And for different reasons than you than you'd expect. Yeah. But I mean, I do have a bit of a theory about problems with uh, dementia and forgetfulness. When your body starts to become fragile, and, and what you've tried to keep a lid on, which is comes under the heading of uninhibited behaviour or or inappropriate or something from the past or mm-hmm. whatever it is, starts to starts to come through because people are keeping a lid on so much of who they mm-hmm. are. Yeah. My perspective would be that. We, each person, each woman, each man, has all the frequencies, all the um, femininity, the creativity, the masculinity, the, the power, mm-hmm. uh, and the darkness, mm-hmm. the rage, and mm-hmm. the, the lostness. We all have all the cards to play with. Mm-hmm. Do, is that something you... Yeah, because for me, if I, if I go back to this idea of the soul... The, the conscient point of light, which has journeyed through many births, has, has been everywhere, been man, woman, mother, child. We don't know who we... And then, of course, everybody we meet, we may have been their mum, their child. When I met my current partner, I, mean, I, I knew him, knew him. And there are people I, I meet who I, I know. And, and with, it, with any other recallers to the relationship, or is, is it accompanied by a sense of comfort that you know them or wariness because you know them. <laughs> yeah both sometimes it's like oh no another one i've got to clean up and sort out or a real feeling of mm. and and i don't get into the I'm, I'm not into past life regression you know i'm like into what's going on now mm. um so i don't need to know the details sometimes details are kind of evident to me but most of the time they're not and I don't get into it but I, but I'm very aware that that I I know them and that everyone is showing up specifically to yeah. for healing that yes, was something you absolutely. said absolutely absolutely I think all relationships are about healing and I think if you go into a relationship knowing that you won't be surprised when the stuff starts to come up because that's what it's for yes not for anything else it's not to waltz off into the sunset it is to heal and that can yes. be painful when I was thinking about relationships, this idea of a healthy, healthy sense of romance and a healthy sense of a friendship mm. and uh, a willingness to explore mm. what you feel passionate about and share that with mm. somebody, I found that energetically or intuitively that that isn't often what's happening. Mm. It what is, what is often happening in a relationship is people are still looking for affirmation, mm. yeah, outside themselves. Mm. Uh, so it's continuation of school, really. Yes. So yeah, absolutely. How am I doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 I think that's okay. Yeah. But 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 be aware of it. You know. I mean, I'll I'll sometimes say to my partner, well, what you need to say is this. I'll just tell him what I need yes. to hear. You just need to say this, and he'll just look at me and he'll just say it. And I go, okay. You know, whereas some people say, well, they should know. They should know what to yeah, say. Yeah. They should know that I need this. Well, they don't. You know, it might take me ten years to know you know you need that. <laughs> but how can you expect anybody else? So, uh, you know, I think if you fully own your stuff, you've, you've got a chance. But if you're yes. chucking it around everywhere, 
It'll just be drama and suffering, and I just, I'm, I'm so done with that. Yes. I did it for years, and I just, I can't be bothered. Yes, you know. and when you're in the pop world, I mean, that's something that, that I did as well. I was working in recording studios. Mm. Mm. I, I, was, I found it very confusing because people were apparently so confident, great talkers, very, uh, very direct, very effective in their, uh, in their business, mm. but also excited by the creative, mm. you know, the music world. But I don't know whether it's just ever deepening layers or whether there's a definite divide between ego and being successful and being true to yourself. I mean, it, it, they seem to kind of cross in the music world. What did you find when you were in the pop? Buying into that illusion is a big thing, you know, that, mm. illu- that, that idea of success. And I think for many years, and maybe even now still, because I'm still working on it, my definition of success was skewed. And I think that is common in, the, in that world. Yes. You know, what is success? Well, if you ask me deep now, what do I deeply think success is? It's loving relationships, peace of mind, balance in life, you know, um, enough to eat and, and a, a good, you know, a beautiful environment surrounded by people who care about me and who I care about and think everything's working. To me, that's success. Yes, and that's much deeper than the superficial. Yeah, and also yeah. a life that is is about something, you know, a purpose. And and you know, what have I what have I what have I left behind me? What have I given? Yes, I, I've got actually a fridge magnet that I love that goes that success is getting what you want, happiness is wanting what you get. Yeah, which is lovely yeah. because that that willingness to receive and and be glad of. Yeah. What about your experience? Yeah. Is uh, another step again. Yeah, and of course the master is eventually happy with whatever turns up. Even yes. Even the, the bad stuff, even the stuff that looks like it's going wrong, because it's like, oh, this is fun. What's going to happen now? <laughs> you know, and, and yesterday with, with various things happening with the gig, I was watching myself, you know, things weren't going according to plan, and 90% of the time, I was just smiling inside, going, okay, well, then I'll just sit here and wait to see what unfolds. And that's a very nice feeling, because a few years ago, I'd have been running around like a headless chicken, trying to control it and experiencing high levels of stress, which, you know, it's so, so totally bad for you. From the, and, and detracts from what you share with everybody else. Yeah. A lot of people go through a stage where they're very effective in their care for other people, but aren't able to keep their own stress level yeah. down. Yeah. You know, their me, their expectation of themselves is so high. Yeah, and then, then that, there's a level of fakery in that, mm. because how can you really help anybody else if you haven't helped yourself? I'm gonna, but I mean, I, I'm not setting myself up as a done deal. I'm still working on all of this, you know. And yes. living with the ambivalence of it all, which, which in itself is a challenge. Yes. Do you think then the, the task is, as you say, it's not all wrapped up already. Do you think the journey consists of spending shorter and shorter moments in reaction? Um, yes. Yes. And just going breathing and going, oh, well, there you go. So I've missed the flight. Okay. So I wonder what will happen now. You know, it's an adventure. Yeah. Getting caught up in the, you know, yeah. the kind of stress reaction. I mean, you're just flooding your body with toxins and, and uh, I don't know, it just doesn't get us anywhere. I did a lovely meditation once that, that was about re- releasing attachment to mm. everybody. Mm. Now, 
it, you had to start with uh, people who bothered you mm-hmm. <laughs> and then work up to people who you're extremely fond of mm. and possibly responsible for. Mm. And uh, mm-hmm. it was it was interesting because relationships are often so clouded by uh, guilt or what you should be caring about mm. or, or you're angry about mm. that any true feeling hasn't got a look in for years. It was so refreshing mm. to release all the mm. all the usual suspects <laughs> of emotions within a relationship so that you know, some genuine feeling or light feeling could mm. come into it. Mm, it's beautiful. Yeah. But I think attachment for me is the is the biggie. I feel it will be with me till I leave this because because how can I really know how attached I am to my own personality, my own sense of self? Mm. And then also to maybe to my significant other or my family until they actually leave. Because I mean, I used to, within the sort of Raja Yoga practice, practice, oh, well, I'm not attached. I can't be attached to him or can't be attached to her. But the truth was, I am. And so now I suppose my practice would be, well, I'm attached and that's going to hurt when they go. It's going to hurt. But that's okay. I will embrace that too. Yeah. You know? Yes, uh, rather than to, to resist it, off, it yeah. or, or try and resist it and go, oh, well, I mustn't attach, I mustn't attach. I mean, for yeah. example, my dog, when my dog dies, it's going to be devastating. But would I sacrifice having my dog in order to not feel that? No. no. She's worth that pain. And, it's, I, and I'll be fine with it. I'll fully feel it. It's like, okay, when she goes, I'll fully feel that. But wow, to have her in my life was amazing. So, And, uh, and I think that's the the compromise lots of people make as well is to miss out on all the strands of deep love yeah. by the fear that yeah. it might be snatched, well, it will be snatched away yeah. one way or another. Yeah. It is such a pity and it's going to be, everybody will love your love of your dog but then <laughs> everybody on the station has, has <laughs> their the animals. Oh, yeah. good. <laughs> they yeah. love animals and they, do, they teach you so much. They yeah. absolutely do. And how did you come by her? Because you travel around, and and how did you? When did you decide that you were going to be in a place long enough to <laughs> have one? Well, that was my sister, bless her. Because when I ended up back in Cornwall, sort of on my own, and things, had, a lot of things had broken down, and I was, she said, "Look, we we bought a place together, and and that, that things were a bit more. So I was sort of more stable for a time." She said, "Look, if you want to get a dog, I'll help you. So when you go away." I'll have the dog. Lovely. So she grew up, she, you know, the puppy, moving from my house to her house, which was literally across, just across the pathway. Mm-hmm. So it was all her home. So she never experienced that separation, anxiety, and that, and also I did a lot of work with her in the beginning so that she wouldn't. And now she, and now she's with me in London, and she stays with a friend in London, and she's like, you know, raring to get up the path to be with his dog. And so she doesn't have that. Neediness. I, I, mm. I made sure that, you know, that that didn't happen right from the beginning. I would often say that dogs represent our emotional life. Oh, that's and, interesting. Yeah, we were just talking about attachment. And maybe well-managed or well-observed attachment is the, is the opposite or the balance to being, not being needy. Mm. So you can, you can have a, well, yeah. a well-observed attachment yeah. without, being <laughs> without being desperate or yeah. having, like, you know awful feelings every time you're, you're apart. When you grow up, I mean, everybody has brings different things to the party. I mean, just when you were saying that, when I used to, 
have a sleepover at somebody's house, I'd be terribly anxious that uh, something would happen to my parents because I was oh, yeah, such a rebel. Mm. I'd probably been quite offensive before I set off. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not going to have a chance to say sorry about that. Yeah, yeah I understand <laughs> that feeling. Yeah. But I think I loved uh, what you were saying last night as well about the funny set of things that you have to accept about yourself. Yeah. yeah that lovely, l- unique combination that makes you you, that doesn't need to be sorted out or whipped into shape or kind of berated into getting over yourself yeah. as much as a kind of enjoyed, explored and accepted as is. Yeah, with, a, with real compassion. And, you know, you know, my big thing was my neediness in the past. I absolutely despised and for years denied or, or tried to hide or went the other way well I don't need anything you know kind of which is still denial but I'm really at home with it now and of course the the paradox is once you're at home and and, and okay with it 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 calms down it heals yes and you're like oh that's interesting I'm not as needy as I thought I was you know because <laughs> you've met your own you've met you've you've come to meet it you, yes you've met that voice and and my practice at the moment is to meet the, the the cruel voice, the beating voice that says you're not good enough or you need to do better or, oh, you know, that, that yes. voice. I don't know where I picked that up from, yes. but it's quite strong to be the best. You, know, you have to be the best. Yeah. So I'm meeting that at the moment. And there's lots of pressure to yeah. live with it this long evening. Yeah. I mean, that, that deserves some yeah. compassion. Because, yeah. and, and we are very hard on ourselves. Mm. So you you wouldn't go looking for where that voice came from. You just say, okay, this I've somehow adopted one of these one of my governing voices mm. to spoil mm. my experience, mm. and I just let it go a bit at a time until it's no longer. I meet with it. I have a chat with it. Come on, then in you come. What do you want to say? Well, I want to say that you know you're you shouldn't be doing this because you're just not good enough and you don't really know anything and it goes on like yeah. this and it, is, it has a right old feel down. Yeah, fifteen, come on, please. Yeah, in you come. Come on, in you come. Have a sit down. Let's have a cup of tea. Now I hear you. I yeah. do hear you. Yes. But I tell you what, what you're saying isn't true. Yeah. It may be a truth that I've carried inside me for a long time, but it is not the truth. The, the truth is, I'm pretty good, and I don't know everything, no, and that's true, and I'm not the best, and I probably never will be, but you know what, that's okay with me. So, mm. actually, you need to come along with me now, and stop beating me, let's work together, because mm. it's me, I mean, it's a part of you, of so, if you want that energy back, for me, it has to be reclaimed, Re- reclaim it, oh, come on, then, then you come. Then you can, yes. And I know whose voice it is, yes, from my past. I don't think you have to, but I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty clued up on where the voices came from, where I picked them up. And so, when you reclaim it, it can be just a motivating force, part yes. of your enthusiasm well, to you move may. for, yeah. Yeah, come yeah. in as a friend. Let's let's instead of making you my enemy or pretending you don't exist, be in you come. You're my friend. Because at some point that has served you, I believe, that voice. I mean it yes. probably got me out of yeah, it, it it got me I mean, I got on a plane at seventeen and went to Israel. Well if I hadn't had that voice going, Come on, get out there, find out about the world, drive, you know, that drive. Yes. I wouldn't have done half the things I've done. Yeah. Because I was frightened, you know.
Is that a real suffocating one? I think for people at the moment. Mm. Is that a recent 
CD. It's quite recent, yeah. It um, There was a lot of fear around for me. And still is. And, and in a way, letting go is the wrong word. I mean, I called it letting because I like the word. It feels like allowing. Yes. And, but I think now I would say embracing, you know. Mm. Do we really let it? I think we let it go when we fully accepted it and fully embraced it. Then it can go. But until we have, I don't think it can. No. I'm just thinking, uh, (laughs) because uh, one thing you were saying that you do, I'm I'm very glad that you're not in a silent period now, because it'll be a bit of a funny interview. It would. I'd have to be just sort of telepathically (laughs) gauging. I think what this is saying now is. Not very much. <laughs> <It's> not very <laughs> much. <laughs> but has it become a more mellow and healing experience through your silent practice? Or has it become, is it still a time, an opportunity for those mixture of voices to have a field day? For you? I, think, I, I think it just, when you decide to, to have a period of silence, and, 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 you know, I think the ideal thing is to have some every day. And it's not just about not speaking, it's about the real silence is when the mind starts to calm down so it's like and there are spaces between the thoughts and that's the real silence and that's beautiful and very restful you know very restful and like oh yeah but yeah that takes a bit of time I think silence I mean I've had horrible silences I've had silences that have been turmoil Mm. when I've been decided not to speak for a while like on a retreat or something and I've had very comfortable, natural ones as well, and and then very very deep, moving, it was divine experiences. So I just think it maybe depends where you are in your life, but I think if you can have some silence every day, where you bring the mind to a quiet place. Okay, let's let this is time to just come down to peace. I am peace, and then peaceful thoughts are slower the mind begins to slow down and then there's this like a friend of mine once described it as pushing off from the swimming baths you know pushing off from the side and seeing how long you can glide before you need to take another stroke oh fantastic and so it's like the mind just doing that and here we go shh before the next thought comes yes and it's that gliding time between thoughts where one experiences the real yeah, that joy is, of being. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we both felt it, don't yeah. we? We've been talking about it, you can feel it. So, yeah. yeah the joy of being. Mm. And it, it's funny because in this life as it is at the moment, we often tend to, to use some of these tools in a more proactive way. Mm. They're not, not necessarily head towards the, the joy of being. Mm but to almost adapt some of the uh, practices to help with manifestation. Right. So conscious creation, mm-hmm. yep. uh, what I would be doing is maybe clearing negative thoughts and busy a busy mind mm-hmm. and allowing the gap between thoughts, which I love that, that feeling, and then inviting in the infinite organising power of nature yeah. <laughs> to, to come up with something yeah. you know, slightly different or radically different mm. from what you might have come up mm. with in your own usual mm. yeah, creative which I suppose is the Which I suppose is the kind of essence of creativity, isn't it? For me, it's like I just open and see what's there. And, and often it's, I'm sure it's not me. It's not me doing the creating. I'm just 
I'm just bringing it through. Yes. It's out there floating about and the sculptor will sculpt it and the poet will write it and the dancer will dance it and I just happen to sing it. But it's the same, it's available for everybody. That's what I feel. Yes. Artists just bring it through. Pretty much like channeling. You don't take responsibility for... Yeah, I, although I, I wouldn't even label it channeling. I, I, it's, it's just being again. Configuring. I don't know, yeah. yeah. I'm just being and I open and see what comes through. And I think it can... It's like when you said about being in the studio and the first studio you went into was authentic. It's just people having a great time. What could we do? Let's, let's, let's reverse this guitar. Let's, you know, it's like it's yeah. just creativity for creativity's sake. There's no agenda. No. You know, and when I go into a studio, I'm very, very blessed in that that's what I can do. There's no record company. There's nobody saying to me, write the single. I just go in there with Marcus and we go, ooh, should we get some Tantlers out? You know, and put it put it with a reggae bass line. Yeah. How enjoyable. Yeah, <laughs> it's just fun. It's just... And then then I'll go in sometimes in, in silent period and, and I'll say, right, we're going to go in and write, but we're not going to talk. So we'll see what arises out of the space.
And the album The Gathering, yes. uh, startled by the familiar, was exactly that. It brought together some really beautiful friends of mine, and we sat in my dad's barn in silence. <laughs> For a bit, and was then we heating in it. Or? Yes, there was yeah. heating. It was the summer actually, and and we just played from the silence. And what came out was incredible because I didn't know if it was going to work. I thought, well, it could just be a mess. And we filmed it and everything. And it was a huge risk when I think about it. We had two singers, a guitarist, a percussion player, a bass player, and a keyboard player. I mean, that's a lot of people to to have to listen. And none of us, we didn't say we're going to play A minor, G. We just literally came from the silence to see what happened. It's actually very like a, an Irish session, you know, that you have to practice that listening. Yes, but yeah, it's a beautiful album. It, 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 you know, there's one piece that just, it goes through African rhythms and it goes off to India and then it goes, it's like, well, what is this? It's brilliant. And we wrote songs as well. You know, we just quickly wrote down, the, the lyrics just came and then we... We'd, we'd play it through and we'd go, well, that's an interesting idea. Let's, should we sort of do it again? Some of the, the tracks would, were only ever played once and will only ever be played once. And others of them, and I, you know, I do do them on gigs, they became songs. Lovely. There's a huge pleasure in that because I played piano for many years, mm. but that was wrought with imperfection mm. or worry about imperfection or mm. about going wrong. So mm. I'd, I'd spend a huge amount of time working on it, mm. yeah, because there's some fabulous pieces, yes. and why wouldn't you, you know? Yes. The anxiety of, of going, going wrong, wrong. Yeah. totally detracts from... Yeah, well, I don't, see, I don't have that problem, like you painting, I, I, you know, it is what it is, and if yes. there's a bum note, so be it, and, and I'm not perfect, you know. And The Gathering, the um, Start by Familiar album, was like an intense version of that, but because they were so skilled, and that, and yeah. what you said about where skill meets creativity, not only were they top of their profession on, on a technical level and yeah. skill level, they also had an ability to listen and maturity and emotional and spiritual maturity, which brings with it a real, in musicians, a real ability to listen and not play, not need to show themselves. Yes. You know, not need to do dominate the, the situation. Yeah, hang on, my friend's having a Yeah, yeah. no, not <laughs> at all, not at all. And so, what you get is this incredible space. Yeah. So it was, a, it was. Do you know what? It was just such a, a an honour. Yes. Because you're doing a retreat, literally starting this evening. Yeah. And you've obviously done this in other places as well. But what what does that consist of? What the retreat? Yes. Well, it's it's called celebrating the creative me. So it's do you know why? It's really giving permission to people to play, and mm-hmm. to allow their unconscious to speak. So painting, storytelling, silence, singing, dancing, <sighs> unfolding. It's the unfold. It's just and and moving from one to the other. Ramps and other, I don't know if you ever do this, but. You know, sometimes if you're silent before you paint, your painting will be different. Or if you dance before you paint, yes. your painting will be different. And each activity ramps up the next one. Yes. So if you're a writer, you know, well, let, let's explore dance before you write. If you're a dancer, explore music before you dance. That makes total sense. Even romance there's, uh, and, and love, that connection is... It, totally changes the, how you feel about yourself and the yeah. other person yeah. before, before anything else yeah, happens. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, what happens is the unconscious begins to speak. Yes. And so you can learn, you can learn very deep things about yourself by playing. 
And would you say the silence, I mean, I was just thinking, you think how much time we, we often waste when we kind of get together and there might be an, an hour of like, mm, yeah. and then, oh, no, did he? Oh, no. Mm. Oh, mm. sorry about that. You know, you kind of, there's a kind of a, a sharing of stuff mm-hmm. often. And I think it's a, absolutely a stroke of genius to have no talking and just start your activity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just to be and to, to to be with you, but then also to do it in a group which feels safe. Because we did spend quite a long time on the first evening setting up the permissions. Everybody has permission not to participate. Everybody has permission to leave. Everybody has permission to lay on the floor. Everybody has permission to resist. Mm. You know, so it's like there's no force. It is totally your journey. You don't have to do anything. You could spend the whole weekend asleep if you want to. But then, of course, what that does is it gives people freedom to to take a risk. Absolutely. Mm. The anger and the resistance can still come up. <laughs> you sure know, it but it, Yeah, and so then it's like, oh, so th- it, then it's like, well, own it. I'm angry. Okay, you're angry. Paint it. What does anger look like? What does it want to say?
you and, and I, essentially you know, a good part of life in, in, in the wilds, there's some beautiful place, Cornwall is a beautiful mm, place, yeah. uh, Kilkenny is a beautiful place. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. you know, it's this absolute loveliness to, for me to look out my window of Harmony Hall and, and not be able to see another house. Mm. It, that's, um, and yet not be remote. It's an absolute yeah. godsend and you could look out to sea or whatever you yeah. do. But you've chosen to move to London. I've spent time in London, mm. and and a lot of people who are listening will be, you know, in in a big city or mm. in a you know, in a state or whatever it is, mm. uh, in a sense, uh, surrounded by a lot of different energies. Mm. Uh, let alone their workplace, mm. and let alone their one on one kind of family relationships. How do you bring? what you learnt in meditation in, in, in your private space and the time you've, you've grabbed for yourself in this lifetime. Keep that equilibrium and stay yourself even in the face of so much um, uh, energetic mm. cauldron of mm. information. Mm. Well, it's, it's a challenge. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, you know, I, I think we see the world as we are. So sometimes I walk out of the door and all I can see is the rubbish in the garden and the traffic and the angry people and and I'm complaining inside. Why am I here? Why am I in London? Why? Mm. Why? What am I doing here? I shouldn't be here. I should be somewhere beautiful. Yes. Um, and then other days I can walk out and I can see the tree I've planted in the garden and I can see my neighbours who all talk to me and I can see the dog walkers in the park and the dogs and, and I can see the trees and and so I was asking, you know, putting the question out the other day, you know, what am I doing in London? And it was, it, the, the, the answer came back very clearly because, because you must learn to create, to create the environment you want internally. Mm. You know, when I went to Cornwall and I went back home and I sat in my beautiful little mill and my my view when I opened the door was a stream and woods and a Buddha sitting there, you know, it's like it was very healing yeah. for me. But I was taking I suppose I you can take from the environment and so it's about it's about having the ability to create that beauty wherever you go. But that's not to say we're not affected by our environment because we are. Mm. So am I challenged? Yes. I am. Will I stay in London forever? No, I won't. But it, it's where I am now, so be there fully. That, mm. I suppose that's what I'm trying to say. Wherever you are, be there fully until it changes. Yes. And you can change it. But, but be there. Be there, Lucinda. You know, when I'm seeing the rubbish, well, see the rubbish. Or pick it up, actually. Pick it up. Yes. Create beauty wherever you are. Um, well, that's really, that's a really strong... Uh, idea and it's something that's come up from for my clients because they uh, and wrestling uh, with should should people stay in a difficult environment at work because it might be their job to bring some light to it. I think only you can know that. I think ask your heart, what am I supposed to do? And your heart will give you the real answer. If you're supposed to stay there to learn something then yes. stay and learn if you're supposed to go go yes but don't stay and complain you know you there's always choice oh that's be there, be there fully be there fully and learn what you need to learn and give or go 
but don't don't stay and make your life miserable because you're doing that you're being you're doing that you're suffering yeah so when i watch myself suffering mm. in london i go okay so why are you suffering i'm just complaining people drop rubbish everywhere and it's the complaint, you know, yeah. oh, no one cares not right, <laughs> yeah, it's not right. Well, yeah, that's how it is. So, so either accept it, embrace it, or move. Yeah. And I love the, the fact that in the same way as thinking about mastering our thoughts, that, that we can choose our perspective. When you were saying about what you can see when you walk out the door, being mm. two completely different mm. pictures, depending mm. on your perspective yeah, at the time. depending on my internal world. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, when we even look back at our past, we can often see you know, the ten difficult things that happened to mm. us. And there, there are defining moments mm. you know, that we mm. might uh, round up our entire you know, 30, 40, 50 years mm. in, in these ten you know, depressing, unfair moments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when we were you know, powerless to do anything about it and didn't know one thing from another mm-hmm. and whereas actually it's quite a nice exercise to to go back and pick out ten gifts in, mm-hmm. in there mm-hmm. I mean it might be the same thing if you're picking out ten gifts but you know, ten, ten wonderful things mm-hmm. you know whether it was unexpected support you received or yeah. or lovely experiences of the innocent mm-hmm. your life and everyone mm-hmm. else's do you, do you feel everybody is innocent? Is that one of your... Yeah, I know you're interested in forgiveness and you see that as a way forwards mm. and through. How do you help Yeah, I, I think ultimately we have to forgive ourselves everything. Yes. And then we can forgive others. Again, me first. I have to go first. And, and it's not... An, again, it's not an easy road. It's everyone, oh, forgive, forgive. You know, it's a simple word to say. But to truly forgive is, is a... Is a mount is a can be a mountain. You know, you think you've forgiven, and then you wake up and you've had a dream about that person, or a dream about yeah, you're still irritated <laughs> or angry or upset, and it is like for me, there's like layers of it, layers of it. But but forgiving myself is is the big is the biggie, the one I'm beginning with. Oh, that is that is brilliant. And I went for an interesting massage. Well, I actually thought it was a facial. Someone said that. Yeah, mm. I thought I just had uh, our family just had lucky skin. <laughs> <laughs> and then I discovered that my mum and sister had moisturised every 20 minutes and that, that maybe I needed to do something to join in that sort of good skin party and I, I booked in strangely to a face or I thought it was a facial but it was facial release massage right. and uh, she didn't do anything with my face she actually worked around the um, abdomen uh, or under the ribs and she said that there is the seat of at the top Frustration, underneath it resentment, and underneath it bitterness. Mm. It was stored mm. somewhere both near the liver, mm. Mm. and uh, and everybody would have traces of it. Mm. You know, to, and to go looking for it, it was interesting to go looking for this kind of seat of it in the mm. physical. I would have said that, I and mean, I've always been determined not to become bitter mm. by not holding on to things, judging, spotting judgment, letting them go basically mm. with my system, but. You know, you you often find a little something. Oh <laughs> my god! I found more than a something. I, you know, I I had gallstones, and I, actually I had my gallbladder removed. So I mean, I I did bitterness and gall to the max. Yeah. So um, and you can't anymore. You no, well, can't. well I, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can form the stones elsewhere. But I'm much more careful about my thoughts these days, and I've done a lot of work on that. So I I don't I'm not aware in my 
as I check out my system now of any bitterness actually. No. 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 Your energy is absolutely lovely. It would come across, I think, if there was a tension, a difficulty. Mm. That I mean, there's sadness. There's sadness yes. about what we're doing to the world and what we do to each other. I feel very sad mm. sometimes. And I, and I, you know, when I have my moments, I just think, oh, you know, we really kind of need to end this. It's a bit of a mess. Yes. But again, that's when you're looking through the, the glasses of, you know, hopelessness and you have to change that. Do you ever find that you can be overcome with emotion? Mm. Yeah, a yeah. couple of times I have. Because the songs are, you know, they are, I do bear my soul, I suppose, in my heart. And sometimes, you know, I had an, an experience, um, where was it? I can't even remember now. I was singing Here Where You Lay I love from that. Bliss, which yes. is about my teacher, Brahma Baba. Um, and the song was written at his, in a beautiful marble courtyard in India on the top of a mountain. I wrote it there at four o'clock one morning, sitting with him. I mean, it's, it's where he's buried, so you could feel his energy. I was singing it once, um, after a, a, a lot had been going on in my life, and I could feel the love, his love, and I just couldn't stop crying. You know, I, And you know what? Because of the work I've done now, I, I, I speak to my emotions, I allow them, I sit with them. So I just sat and cried on stage, and I, and I said to the audience, I'm not crying from sadness, this is love.
I'm just going to let let this happen. And, and they were they loved it. They just I suppose for somebody to just be that open on stage. And then I just carried on and finished the song. That is quite uh, for for many people quite an abstract yeah. experience of love. Yes. It's, it, I, I love the way that we can expand what we can recognise in the world uh, as going on, love-wise. <laughs> and, and do you help clients with that? Or just if it happens, then that's great. I think I don't, I don't, I, the idea of helping somebody with that, I'm not, I'm not sure you can. I think it's their job to go on the journey to discover what they want to discover. My focus as a as counsellor is the relationship. Mm. So is it an authentic honest deep relationship and do I love some of my clients yeah absolutely all of them that's an interesting question do I love all of them it's different I have different levels of relationship with different people but but there's but there's definitely love there because of a heart connection yeah and and when somebody is honestly sharing their fears and their and their vulnerabilities and their pain and sometimes some of the things they've been through. It's incredibly humbling. Yeah, how can you not love them? When people are deeply authentic, yes. my feeling is you fall in love with them. You just can't help it. I think that's exactly what happens. What I love is that I see the divine in people, mm. the, the, mm. the spirits. Mm. So however humble mm. they might think they are by their own actions or mm. by someone else's actions mm. or whatever it's showing up for them. I I love to see that the spirit return. Mm. People have thought of themselves as like a little isolated dot mm. all their lives. Mm. So I, I love the connection. But it's always been a motivation to share uh, everything mm. with, as soon as you learn it, to share it with those around you. Yeah, but I'm hopefully learning to slow that down because I'm very, my mind is very quick and it gets concepts very, very quickly, but it takes longer to imbibe them, mm. you know, and I'm learning that now. So I'm trying not to rush ahead and create a workshop even before, I, you know, before I've got it. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, you get it first, Lou. You yeah. get it. And get it. Don't just understand it. There's a difference between understanding and then I like this Rastafarian uh, expression of overstanding. It's like, let it be over you. Let me me be over it and really imbibe it into my body. Do I really get this? So I am trying to slow down on that front because I love new ideas and concepts and... And you can run with oh, them. Oh, I can run with it. I'm gone. I'm like, oh my God, this is this is it. You know, it's the, and, it, and it's not, because you haven't got it. You're not living it. You haven't got it. I absolutely love the Rastafarian. <laughs> Gratitude, yeah. celebration. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. So is there anything coming up uh, in terms of your events? There are events coming up. There's retreats next year in Scotland, in Norfolk, in Cornwall on various topics, creativity, mindfulness. There are concerts going on at Christmas in London, uh, Birmingham. Um, so the best thing to do is go to my website, oh, yes. lucindadrayton.com, Brilliant. and check out the diary of events there. What's yeah. your most recent album that people might... The most recent one is Startled by the Familiar, oh, a great. gathering yeah, with, with the film, which we talked about. Coming up very soon is a CD for people who are doing the cancer journey. So it's about body healing 
um, love, and then there's a song at the end called Love Surrounds You. So it's about being wrapped in love when you're frightened and when you're sick. So, Brilliant. so check that out. It's going to be called Love Surrounds You, and yeah, pass it on to people who need it. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. It's lovely to talk to you. Yeah. Great to see you again.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.